This is Amplify, a podcast for people that want to crush life by learning from the minds of high performers. So take a deep breath in and get ready to become more, live more, and give more. Welcome to the Amplify podcast. I'm your host, John Templeton, and today on the show with me, I've got the amazing Krista Tier. Now, Krista is going to be, well, well, one, she she'll tell you all this more, but she has she has learned from some of the best on earth, including Gary V. If anybody knows Gary V, she has owned multiple businesses in multiple different domains, over seven figure coach, um, you know, gorgeous woman in, in inside and outside. And Krista, I would just like to welcome you here to to the show. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. you so <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> so what we're going to dive in today, um, Krista, is um, mastering social media to grow your business. It is, it is about, is it about money? Is, is it about money? What's it about? For me or for others? You tell me. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> I believe that if it's bigger, if your mission or your business is driven by something bigger than the money, it's going to be far more successful. Um, but for a lot of people, and I can only assume it is all about the money, but I find that in this circumstance with this intention, we're only in it for the short term game. And let me embellish on that because I used to be that person. Hmm. Um, and you know, I was in business from the age of 18. I had a hair salon and then I went on to own and operate three health cafes. Um, and I always had the entrepreneurial thing sorted, right? Like I always had amazing work ethic. I, I would take the action. I knew how to scale businesses. Like that was simple. But what I didn't realize was after facing burnout on multiple occasions, I didn't realize the importance of truly being passionate about what you do because then you never work, right? And I think that even from an outside perspective for, and I guess you would probably get this as well, so many people go, but how do you, how are you always like in state and how are you always taking action and doing the thing? Um, and it's simply because I don't see it as work. You know, I, I can I can work a 14 hour day and I'm so energized by it because I genuinely love what I do. Um, and my mission is driven by helping people. Yeah, that's so powerful. I think we could probably end it here and everyone's got their value. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's so funny. Like I've just built a new website and I've been working till 1am and someone, someone asked the question, does it wear you out or does it energize you? And I said, it just energizes me. I can't, I, I don't want to go to bed. I want mm -hmm. to keep, keep going. Yeah, I could, I could totally relate. <laughs> <laughs> and so you've made this clear distinction of like, well then would you say if people are finding it like work and a drag, then I think you said then, you know, not passionate about it. Can you, can you dive into that a bit more? And I think that there is like, there, there are times where, you know, I, I'm tired or there might be a time that I, I tune in and I realize that maybe I do need to have a rest. Like, you know, to have the, to have the um, expectation that we're just always going to be motivated is totally unrealistic. Um, but I know for me, you know, even going away, which I am on Sunday, you know, going away for a break, after that break and that rest, 
I know that I am so much more energized to get back into it. It's not that I'm dreading getting back to work. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm just so excited to get back out there. Mm. Um, but I think that if, if what you're doing is a drag and you're not finding that you're inspired or innovated ever within that position, yes, there's going to be ebbs and flows. But if the, the majority is that you feel like you're lacking motivation, I would ask yourself what you're passionate about. Like take the money out of it. Take the money because that's just a byproduct of you do what you love. But if you take that out of it, what would you be doing every single day that would excite you and get you out of bed in the morning? And mm. then do that. Yes. I, well, I want to, I'm going to ask you, you a question now around this because I know for me there was a point where it was like, I want to make money. Yeah. Do you think everybody goes through a start point of, well, no, I, I, like maybe I don't have enough money, so I want to make money, and that's where it starts. Does it then turn into a passion, or does the passion come first, and then you monetize it? For me, it came first. I knew that I could make money, and I think it's there, there's like it depends on the context, right? Um, for me, it was it was the passion came first, and I knew that I could make the money. Um, I walked away from a marriage with zero dollars, so although I built my previous four businesses to six and seven figures, um, I walked away with no money. Um, and there was part of me that needed to experience this level of scarcity to give me. Um, appreciation for it, right? Because I don't think that I ever had appreciation for it. It was always there. I, I grew up in a wealthy family. I just kind of expected it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm grateful for that. But yes, there, there was a time where I was like, yes, I want to make money. And I think that people get to understand that that's not bad. You know, like money is only ever, it amplifies who we are as a person. You know, so if we're already passionate, we're already grateful, we're already happy and joy, irrelevant of the money that we have, it's only going to add to that. Um, but then on the opposite end of the scale, if we are, you know, someone that is ego driven and, and miserable, it's also going to amplify that. It's not something that fills a void. It just amplifies who we are. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that, yeah, wanting money and wanting a lot of it, you know, I love money and I love having a lot of it. But at the same time, I knew that in order for me to build my next business, I had to, in the long term anyway, I had to be passionate about it. And I knew that money was always going to be a byproduct of it if I was just giving that level of intention to what I was doing. Gotcha. Yeah. And for anyone listening, I'm sure as well, that's because I, yeah, there are, I'm sure there are people listening going, fuck, like money's the driver, money's the driver. And I think that, like you said, there's a powerful lesson to learn in that. And you learned it relatively young when it all fell to pieces. I learned it as well when it fell to pieces for me, when I had a, a you know, relationship breakup and lost a lot of money, right? Yeah. Um, ended up in hospital. And so without learning those lessons, you said you wouldn't appreciate the money. Yeah. On, on your pathway, have you come, cause you're a business coach, you're a fantastic business coach. You run, um, actually what's velocity program. What are your current programs that you're running? Yeah. So we're actually launching, um, a, a, a digital program. We're in the process of that now. Um, but I have velocity three day business immersion, and then I have a program amplifier mentorship, which is a year long program. Um, and then, you know, I, I just have a few one-on-one -on -one clients, but it's sort of like a, a high ticket, um, just because I realize how much, you know, you put into it. Right. Um, yeah. And, and so my back to my question is you obviously coach a lot of people in there. Are there people that are, on their values hierarchy where money comes before service or do you find most people are service over money or does it, you know, does it take them long to change if they're one way or the other? 
Yeah, I, I think that majority of the people that I attract, like attracts like, um, I find that they're more heart driven. Um, and yes, they want to make a lot of money, but it's they they started out in the industry that they are in, whether they're a healer or a coach or, you know, um, they have, a, a, you know, whatever it is. Um, but they started there because they actually found a love for it. Yeah. Um, and then they just want to implement the strategy and the structure so that they can, you know, and, and here's another piece as well, like the more money you earn, the more impact you create. You know, the more people you can get in front of, the more people you can contribute to. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a form of energy and it's usually a direct reflection of the value that we add. Um, so majority of my clients have started with that passion and that heart-driven desire to help in some way, shape or form. And that's just simply based on who I am as a person. Yep. Um, but then I do have a handful of clients that are about the money and I love that too because I do find that money is absolutely so motivating and, you know, there's nothing better than, you know, having a great week and making a heap of sales and looking at your bank account at the end of the week and going, oh my gosh, I slayed it. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that I look at it as well is like the more money that I make is it's like a tangible result of the amount of people's lives that I'm changing. Yeah. You know? I love because that. That's their investment. And a lot of people I find, um, and a lot of people actually judge people that make a lot of money. And I always say to them, look, if you're judging other people having a lot of money, there is zero chance you will ever have a lot of money in your life. Totally. Yeah, that's right. And I even spoke about this on a live the other day. You know, if, if we are, however we feel when someone else receives what we want to receive is what, what's going to dictate whether we attract it or not. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's a piece that I actually implemented because I found myself when I went through that loss and I had no money and I was on government benefits and I was a single mama and figuring out how I was going to put food on the table. Um, I found myself getting into this place of like judging and feeling like this jealousy within me because I was like, well, I've worked so hard my whole entire life. Like, why should I be here? And that was something that I flipped and I was like, okay, Krista. So if you see other people earning a great amount of income, creating success, living the life that you desire, how about you just try to picture it as if it was yours, like feel towards them as if you were receiving it yourself. Um, and that was a huge light bulb moment for me because then I realized that I started attracting what I actually desired. So instead of being like jealous or envious or a little bit dark, it's more like appreciative and, you know, having and being inspired by that person instead of being made, making yourself feel jealous about it. Totally. Yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're attracting everything in our life based on the emotional state, you know, not, not the words that come out of our mouth, but how we're feeling emotionally. So if we're showing up in those, those feelings of jealousy and judgment and comparison, we're only going to attract more circumstances that are going to amplify that feeling. But if we can sit in gratitude and happiness for others, you know, even in the context of relationships, you know, some, one of your friends found this amazing partner, uh, in a lot of circumstances, there are people out there that would be like, well, why her or why him and not me? Like I deserve that person instead switching it and going, okay, I feel really grateful that they attracted that because that's an indication that I can also do the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so obviously you've, um, obviously you've, you've figured it out yourself that you need money to make an impact. Yeah. And what we're going to talk about today is how you use social media to make an impact. Yes. So for anyone, cause there, there are going to be lots of people watching and listening and they're just probably going, just get to the, get to the point. Give me the good stuff. 
but we got to tease them a little bit. We got to make them wait. So, so when, where did your social media journey start? Where did your social media journey start? start? Yeah. So, um, I, I speak to clients about this on a really regular basis and, you know, I, I've worked with people that have built a successful, maybe brick and mortar business, um, and social media or, or the digital realm has never been anything that they've delved into. And in this moment, they're like, Oh, it's so overwhelming. You know, I'm not great with technology. There are all these excuses that come up. And the thing is that was me. You know, like Microsoft Word was overwhelming for me. Like getting onto <laughs> Safari and typing something into Google was like my head would get sore. I just avoided technology at all costs. Um, but what I realized was when I went through my period of, of, we could say, darkness and, you know, I experienced anxiety and depression and panic attacks and eating disorders and all of the things, and I, I realized in that moment um, that, you know, I, I wasn't given the journey that I was given to stay in that place for the rest of my life, but instead to go out there and create impact and help others, um, you know, to, to have the lessons and the learnings from someone that's walked the journey so that they don't have to suffer in the way that I did. Mm -hmm. um, because I believe suffering is a choice. And for a period of my life, I chose to suffer, you know? Um, so, you know, way back when, when I came out the back of that, I, I didn't really have an idea you know, of what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go. I knew that I was going to go into business again. I didn't really know what that looked like. So I, I just decided to open an Instagram and a Facebook account and just start posting. And it was really just to add value. Like that's all I did. And it was with no intention to build a business. It was just to put out, you know, what I was experiencing or inspiration or a quote, something that would just add value to other people's lives. And that's literally where I started. And now obviously I've grown to where I am, but the initial intention was just to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you started, I mean, did you start with, you know, a lot of people now, they might have a following somewhere and they start an account and that following follows them and joins the new account. Did you start with like, you know, you add your friends, you got about a hundred people on there. Where, where did it, what was yeah. it called? Was it Krista Tia or was it yeah. daily well, motivation quotes? Like what, what was it called? No, it was actually Krista Andronicus back then, which is my married name. Um, well, was my married name. Um, so it was just Krista Andronicus and I added my friends like including high school friends so that i could be in front of as many people as i could and um yeah i you know there was probably 150 followers but over time i just noticed that you know i started getting and after posting every day like i would make it that i would just post every day because i loved the feeling of just adding like just giving and um after a while when i started building a following of people that i didn't necessarily know the feeling that I would get when someone would reach out and go, oh, I just so needed to hear this today. Like, thank you. You've changed my day. And then, you know, over the years, it's amplified into people being on the precipice of suicide and reaching out and saying, you saved my life. Like, there is no better feeling for me. Yes, money is great and it's amazing and I've got a really successful business with an amazing team. But at the essence of it, my legacy is about just knowing that I made a difference, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So... When you started to get these, were you a coach at this stage? Were you, who were you? Who was, no. what was your identity? What was your identity at this stage? <laughs> I was a little lost. Um, and it's interesting, you know, even when I, I sold the three health cafes, 
I'd been in, I'd never worked for anyone, um, only in my apprenticeship when I was a hairdresser. So I left school when I was like in grade 11, um, but I was doing hairdressing through school. Um, so I, I became qualified, opened my salon straight away. Um, so when I, when I stepped away from those four businesses, I kind of had a bit of an identity crisis because my whole identity was built around being a business owner. So then I was like, so what am I now? Like, what, I'm just a single mom? You know, no, that's not right. Like, I've got to be something more than that. So that was even a process on its own, just like deciphering and breaking that down um, to get to know who I was under all of those masks that I wore. Um, so I actually, while I had the health cafes, I started studying naturopathy, um, doing my bachelor's in naturopathy. And the reason for that was... I was obviously I had health cafe, so I was always super into health. And my daughter at a really young age was diagnosed with ADHD, um, and it was it was severe. Like her behavioural issues were severe. And I've always been pro natural medicine, so I embarked. You know, our children are our greatest motivators. I embarked on this whole journey of like uncovering, you know, what maybe her underlying intolerances were. Um, so you know, that's sort of where my passion initiated. And then I, I went on to start my bachelor in naturopathy. Um, and, you know, with running three businesses on my own and raising a child, I decided to defer that. Um, so then even when I sold my businesses, I was like, all right, maybe, you know, maybe I don't want naturopathy. Maybe I just want to go and do nutrition um, because I am passionate about health. And this was like what I was moving through myself. You know, I was figuring out what my passion was. Um, and the most powerful question that I even asked back then was like, what is the essence of everything that you've created? Like, what is at the root of it? Why have you been a hairdresser? Why have you had these health cafes? And what I saw was I just always loved helping, you know, whether it was changing someone from an aesthetic, you know, appearance um, or, and everyone knows hairdressers are great counsellors. So, you know, it was so much more than just changing the way that they looked, but then providing the space for them to feel nurtured and, and seen as well. And then even in the health cafes, like, you know, I, I, I was always creating really special things to, to ensure that people would be nourished and I would offer extra advice um, on how they could, you know, nutritionally change and start, you know, eating uh, in a more healthy way. So what I saw was like the, at the essence of everything that I was doing was just this undenying ability and this desire to want to help. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I thought, all right, well, while I'm figuring out this passion thing, I might as well just, you know, delve in and study nutrition. Um, so I did nutrition and then I was like, all right, I feel like nutrition, there's so much more to it. Like, I feel like you can't just give someone a healthy meal plan and then they're just going to do it. I need to know why people do what they do, why they have the habits in place, why they sabotage themselves, why they lack motivation. Um, so then I went and did NLP. Um, and then it kind of just sent me down the rabbit hole. So then I was doing breathwork practitioner training and I was delving into somatic release work and I was like really just immersing myself in all of these modalities. Um, and then so I, I decided, I kind of uncovered that I was passionate about helping. Um, so I stepped into the coaching space and initially I was like, yeah, I could step in and be a business coach because I've done you know that really successfully for so many years. But from an integrity standpoint, it didn't feel good stepping into the digital space doing that because I hadn't created success there, there yet. Um, so I just started out with sort of like nutrition and mindset work. And I had a lot of one-on-one -on -one clients. And can I, can I just ask what the time frame is yep. 
from you going going for like your naturopathy to this because i think yeah once you answer that i'm probably gonna have another question but what was the time frame Oh, I'm not too good with uh, times, but I was, so I reckon it was probably maybe around uh, eight years ago that I started my bachelor in naturopathy and then I I deferred maybe one year in and Mm -hmm. put it all on pause. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when I came back out, I reckon I studied nutrition maybe around six years ago Mm -hmm. Um, and then... I was sort of in the health and mindset space for a good three years, created huge success there. And then I was like, right, now it's time to go into business. Yeah. And so, what I'm passionate about is helping others who have a medicine, who have a magic, who want to create impact and me being the catalyst for them to ripple out. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Uh, like, like that time frame is, let's say six, eight years when you, when you're, when you're in it, if you're at the start of that, you might think that that's a really long time, but that must've gone really quick for you. It really did. And you know, it's interesting. I feel like I put so much work in for so many years and then it was like one moment where it just went up, you know, like it was like, oh, all right, I got it. And you know, I think that's at every stage of our growth and development, (laughs) but it's happened again for me this year. You know, like as soon as COVID hit, I just skyrocketed Um, and that continues to happen. Yeah, I, I hear you. It's it's someone always said it to me and I never understood it. It it was like the you get to the top of the cliff and then you kind of fall down the other end, but it's a good fall. It's like you get momentum. Yes. So it's like struggling to the top, struggling to the top, and you're like, when does this mountain end? And then yeah. all of a sudden you kind of like fold over the top and you've just got momentum and it goes. Yes. And yeah. so so obviously we're gonna t- link that into social media as well because there is a tipping point there too. So you studied NLP because I'm a, you know, master NLP practitioner. It's, it's the root. We're going to the root cause. We're like we're getting down to well, why is this person doing this to themselves? Really? And so you did, you did coaching for, you did coaching as a, as a mindset and health coach for yep. three years, then switched into business. My question is this, Krista, what was your social media doing during this time? It was just gradual right? There was just gradual growth. And I think that especially in today's world, like people are just so impatient. And that's why there's so many people with bought followers and bought likes, and they're just doing it the quick way. But there's no point in buying followers just to have a great number at the top of your page, right? Because if they're not... Yeah, like if they're not your ideal client, you're talking to no one. You may as well have 300 followers who are highly engaged, who love who you are, than 10,000 of them that are fake, you know? So it's gradual. And I think that, um, you know, even now I've found that I've kind of, that analogy that you use, like top of the hill, and then all of a sudden, even with my socials, I feel like I've kind of hit that this year. And all of a sudden there's like momentum and there's movement. Um, but it's absolutely been a gradual journey. There's like not one moment where all of a sudden you are Insta famous, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is is there been one strategy that, or over the years, one strategy you've stuck to, or is it like, try this, try this, see what works, learn, learn, learn. Yeah. So much stuff. Um, I have, I've literally been trialing and testing, um, my whole career. And, um, I think that's the best way to learn though, as well, you know, like I wouldn't be the business coach that I am if I hadn't 
fallen over so many times and learned the hard way. And it's part of why I'm great at what I do is because I can fast track results based on my learnings. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's no different to social media. I feel like after spending time with Gary last year, um, it kind of clarified everything that I was feeling. Um, and the advice that I got from a lot of people in the space, because I'm such an avid learner and I'm always like listening is student mentality, getting everything that I can from a knowledge standpoint. Mm -hmm. And there were so many people in the industry that said, you know what, you just give too much, like you give too much away. And I would be like, well, I feel good doing that though, because I'm here to give and people see that and they feel that, you know, my intention is pure. And after spending time with Gary, after having this advice, thinking that I had to cut back and create this scarcity so that I would then get the clients that wanted the entirety of the solution, Gary clarified to me that I was in fact doing it correctly. You know, Mm -hmm. he said, no, that's the intention that you have to have. Give more value, give more and give it all. And you're the entirety of the solution. So people aren't going to value something that's free. People are going to value it and leverage it when they make an investment. So he said, you can literally give away everything on your social media, but people just aren't going to take it seriously until they work with you because you're the entirety of the solution. And I think that is the best strategy. You know, like I honestly think that having genuine engagement, you know, genuinely engaging, even the people that you follow, genuinely connecting and communicating, you know, because I believe that connection and communication lead to conversion. And if you're not genuinely connecting with people, you're not going to build the know, like, and trust. And this is like social media platforms is such an amazing opportunity to connect with anyone anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. Why not use it? Because the way that I sort of have seen it and the way that I frame it to my clients now is like your social media is your shop front. So even when I was in my brick and mortar businesses, there was like a setup process to those businesses. I had to like find the space that I was going to lease. I had to figure out brand, color scheme, menus. I did a bit of market research. Um, I understood other sort of competitors, not that I believe in competition, but other competitors, especially in the food industry around my area, um, you know, had to have the effective staff on board. And in order for me to open my doors, I had to have all of that in place. I had to have produce, products. It's no different to social media. And what a lot of people assume is that they don't have to do anything with it. They don't have to show up. They don't have to offer value. But if you look at it from like opening your shop doors in the morning, you know, treating it like a business, opening your shop doors, giving value, being the beautiful, friendly presence that you are, you're going to attract people in because you've set up your shop front. Does that make sense? It does. How, how do you maintain that across like 58 different social media platforms? <laughs> in the initial stages, it was a lot. A lot, because I was doing it all on my own. Now I have, you know, amazing team um, that helped me out with all of it. Um, But it is absolutely a lot of effort. But I believe that if people want to be successful in their industry, like excuses aren't going to, to be there. You know, like you just make a way. You just make a way out of no way. And what I would do is I would just structure in the time. So I talk a lot about repurposing content because I think a lot of people are like, I've got to be innovative like this many times a day. And I get it. Like I get writer's block all the time, especially when I've been on back-to-back calls all day and then I've had team meetings and I'm sorting out marketing and I'm doing a million things and add mum life to that. And sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I literally can't even process a sentence, let alone figure out what to write. I get it. 
But what we do as a team and what I teach my clients to do is to create long form content. So for instance, my velocity business immersion went for three days and my filmmaker was here um, and he got three full days worth of content. Now with that content, we break it down then into short form videos. So little snippets that we put out there. And then we've got someone, so my assistant was here and she was actually writing down quotes that could be created from everything that I was speaking as well. So then those quotes can be put on quote cards. The information that I share around, whether it was branding or marketing or sales, can be put on a LinkedIn article. Um, that can be then re repurposed into an email campaign. And when we're repurposing content, it makes it far more effortless. And this is what Gary talks about and it was the greatest lesson that I learned was like fully utilizing every piece of content. So a Facebook Live video, download it, chop it up, use quotes, carousel posts, like whatever content you are putting out there, make sure that you're fully utilizing it on all the different mediums that are out there. Mm, yeah, that's that's very powerful. And I'm I'm I've just gone through building my own repurposing system. In fact, you're part of it right now. Thank you very much, Krista. Um, but I mean, that's hard. It's hard to build a system and structure. I found it hard to find the team. What was your experience like building this machine? Because I look at your content, right? And I'm like, this girl's in creative mode 24 seven. How is she so creative when I'm friggin' one eyes like open, you know what I mean? Like she's always in creation. And I'm like, how's she doing it? So yeah. Well, yeah. What's been, I guess what's been your biggest, so here are some questions I want to go through for the rest of this podcast. So if anyone watching or listening, you can see where I'm taking this thing. I want to know, and we'll get to this later, like what apps, what software, what things like that do you use? I want to know um, when, yeah, like carousel posts. Do you, how, like blows my mind. I'm like, who has the time? That would take me about eight hours to do one post. <laughs> and like, it's just, I'm like, okay, how does that happen? Um, and also I want to know about different social media platforms. Like which ones are hot, which ones are not, why, why you wouldn't. Yep. Um, so <clears throat> let's, let's continue from where we're at. What with, with, with this uh, repurposing. Yep. Obviously you didn't start there. What, what are just some, some, some steps people take to, to do this? I think if you're like in a business and you're not posting on social media, I would at least post once a day. You know, like you are, if you're not being seen, you're not going to make sales and like period. And in order for me, in order for anyone to, to buy from you, they need to know, like, and trust you. And the way that I look at a business, because I specialize in all facets of business. So everything from building personal brand to all of the marketing to the sale. Um, and then everything in between, you know, life stuff, you know, the way that we're showing up, the optimization of ourselves, the relationships and the dynamics that we have in our life, because I believe that business is all encompassing. But I use a really easy analogy. We've got our brand and this is our personal brand. And I do advise that everyone in business should build a personal brand because it makes you recession proof. You know, it's like a lot of people, even in the way of network marketing, if they're being identified by the business that they are in, if they're simply, um, if they're simply defined by the product that they're selling and people don't know the human behind the product, this network marketing company can go under and you're going to go under with it. 
But if you've built a solid personal brand and people know, like, and trust the human behind the business, you can plug anything into the back end of that time and time and time again, and it will be successful. And it's part of the reason that Gary has created, like he invests in 220 companies. And it's because he's built such a solid personal brand that he has that ability. So the way that I look at it is here's our brand. And if you're starting out in business, you need to prioritize being seen and building this personal brand as often as you can, you know? So I would say post once a day, minimum once a day and, you know, get in the habit of doing that and then up it a little bit. You know, we post on every social media platform three times per day, not including Instagram stories or Facebook lives, but that's been something that has happened over time. You know, like I built the muscle to, to do that. And I've got the team behind me now as well. But here's your brand and then here's the sale, right? In order for people to get from the brand to the sale, we need to offer value, right? So seeing your brand isn't enough. They need to recognize your brand first of all, but then you've got to build the credibility and the know, like, and trust throughout this process. So this is where we nurture. This is where we offer, you know, free eBooks, free programs, free groups, you know, um, whatever it is, a masterclass, a free audio. Like this is where we're giving people a huge amount of value. So then when we get them to this point, it's not like a hardcore pitch. It's like, hey, I've seen you so much that I actually know, like, and trust you and I really want to work with you. But I think what a lot of people do is they start building the brand, they get impatient, they just want to make the sale and they don't do any of this value add in between. No and this is where like people... Hey, no foreplay. No, that's right. Like we need the foreplay, right? And, and then they get on the call and they're having really poor conversion because the, the, the person doesn't even know who they are. Right. Um, so that's the way that I describe it. But um, I just think that showing up as often as you can, like in the initial stages of my business, I was doing a minimum of three Facebook lives a week um, and I was posting every day and that was all on my own. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. And, and you started on one platform or you started on like four? I started on two. So I, I did Instagram and Facebook and I nailed that. Um, and then over time, you know, we're just in the process of doing, you know, a whole YouTube strategy because YouTube hasn't been something that I've prioritized overly. Um, and what I'm seeing as a trend on YouTube is more of a vlog style, you know, and I know I've asked my audience on multiple occasions, like, would you like to see behind the scenes in the life of KT? You know, like, would that be appealing? And I get a huge amount of absolutely. Um, so what I'm thinking is my strategy is just going to be like more behind the scenes things on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but then I, I was doing Instagram and Facebook and then I think I added on LinkedIn. Um, and then I went to, I've never been a Snapchat fan. I advise people if they are, you know, interested and intrigued by Snapchat, go ahead. It just was never for me. Um, and Twitter and then most recently, um, TikTok. Um, and it's something that I predicted, you know, after spending time with Gary last year, I said to all of my clients, get on TikTok because the algorithm number one hasn't developed and you're literally getting free exposure. And the response from so many people is like, yeah, but it's like a teenager demographic and, you know, there's people that like dance and sing on there. And I'm like, no, well, you know, this is where Instagram and Facebook started as well, right? Like it started with a teenager demographic. You thought that it was too young for you. And this is the early stages of TikTok but it's going to grow. And the people that were on the Instagram and Facebook platform at its earliest stages are now highly influential. And it's going to be no different to TikTok. 
Um, but there's been, you know, I've had 500,000 views on some of my TikTok videos and it's been the simplest stuff, but it's just because they haven't found a groove with the algorithm. So you're literally just getting free exposure to a huge audience. How long have people got to get into that? Now. <laughs> sooner the better. Yes, yes. You're going to miss the boat if, if you are, don't jump on now. What are some tips and tricks for TikTok? I, I think just like I say on every social media platform, don't watch the content, watch the conversation. And I do it all the time. I never will scroll and look at content. I'm always watching the conversation that takes part because of it, right? And this is how you understand your consumer and your ideal client, it's no different to TikTok. Get on there and watch the conversation. Have a look at the content, see what's trending, but have a look at the conversation. Um, and I think that the more you that you are, you know, I use TikTok especially because I know it's more of a teenage demographic right now. I use TikTok as a platform where, yeah, there's videos on there that I talk about business and all the serious stuff, but I've got this highly playful side that loves humor as well. So I use TikTok to be all of that. You know, and that's what seems to get a lot of traction over there. Yeah. 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 That's really cool, Krista. Thank you for sharing that. I know Gary's Gary's huge on TikTok as well, huh? Yeah. Massive. Yes. Okay. And so, I mean, are there any other social platforms that we don't even know about that you're on or that are up and coming like TikTok? Not right now. Um, not as far as my predictions or, or even in my partners, you know, we're constantly looking at what's sort of up and coming and might be a little bit of a, um, yeah, a bit of a hype or a sensation. Um, but right now I would highly suggest that, you know, if you're not on social media at all, or if you're just at really base level, I would prioritize two of them and do it effectively. Yep. yep. You know, so I say, um, Twitter, it, which isn't as popular in Australia. It's more of an American thing, but I'll, I'll give context on why Twitter's cool because we can even repurpose onto other platforms from Twitter. Um, but Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn is absolutely amazing as well. Totally different demographic, but huge opportunity on LinkedIn. Um, and then definitely TikTok. And then you've got your other mediums, you know, like there, there's Pinterest and there's Snapchat and there's YouTube and all of the other ones. But I think it's really asking yourself what's relevant to what I do. And Have where do I need to be seen the most? Yeah, yeah. So where's my demographic at? Yeah. That's where's my attention? Where am, I sh where am I sitting up my shop front? Totally. All yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> so have you heard of a, a platform called Gab? Yes, I have heard about it. Yes. So I just, if anyone's listening, watching, go and get your real estate now. Um, I went and got my, so I'm John Templeton. No one can get that username now. Um, but yeah, do you know much about that? I don't know. Okay, cool. I just, you know, I, I think in life having a, having real estate is like, you know, your shop front. And yeah. so when there are new cities opening up, it makes sense to put a shop there. That's all I'll say on this matter. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so, so say someone's okay. They've, they've, they know where their, their people are. They know where their community are. Yep. They've got their ideas for their brand or they've even got their brand started. Yeah. Maybe they've even got a little following and it's kind of moving a well, moving along quite well. How can they, how can they, how can they be more unique? How can they stand out? How can they be different? How can they like, how can they bring more followers in? So on the back end, they can add more value, more impact, more conversions, more money. How, how, what do they do next? They don't do what everyone else is doing. I think this is the thing in content is that so many people are just copying, right? And there's already one of those. So don't be that. 
I think firstly, you need to understand your ideal client. You need to understand what they actually want. Like what solutions do they want to hear and see from you? And then when you understand that, you can start correlating content and creating content that is fitting those solutions. But I believe that in any form of social media, whatever content we're creating, it's a matter of putting stuff out there and seeing what people think. You know, and I think that so many people are producing content from the place of ego and doing it for the likes and the comments and the engagement instead of looking at it from a perspective of, okay, well, that didn't work. How do I pivot? Okay, that did work. I'll do more of that. And this ability to see it from more of a bird's eye perspective, instead of getting our emotions and our feeling and our ego caught up in, you know, the likes and comments side of things is going to enable us to produce far better content. Mm-hmm. I know some of my most simplest posts, you know, like there might be something that I put hours into and I was like, this is going to blow up and it didn't. <laughs> and then I'll literally type something into my notes and I'll take a screenshot of it and I'll post it on my Instagram and it blows up. You know, you just don't know. And this is the importance of trialing everything. You know, if something's not working, don't do it. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting a different result. Like you need to change it up and see what your audience wants to see and hear. And at the same time, be definitively speaking into that ideal client with the solution that they're wanting to hear. I've got a, thank you. I've got a question and this is something I experienced and I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. When I, so I was an athlete before this. So, you know, I competed at CrossFit. <clears throat> I was a CrossFit coach. And then I moved into the coaching space. Similar, like you, I'm sure you would have been through this at some point. But when I started posting new stuff that was in alignment with my future, my yep. old audience were yep. like, didn't love it. Yep. And that was a de- definite dent to the ego. That was like, oh man, nobody likes me. Nobody likes what I have to say. And I, it, yeah, I got like, I had my anxieties, had my doubts, had my fears. And I was just like, look, fuck it. Just keep going, keep posting. So I did keep doing that, but there was definitely a period of, you know, you said before, if it's not working, don't do it. I feel if there's got to be more to that because there was definitely a period where it wasn't working. And I like, does, do the algorithms take time to kick in? What's our time frames? What should people know? Um, yeah. If they, if they do have an audience that's not, engaging do they how do they find a new audience is it through hashtags yeah i mean you can find new audience through hashtags um and i think the best thing is you know getting having your content shared and this is the importance of having great quality content because if it's great quality people are going to share it i think in that case and i can totally relate when you are switching industries you were speaking into this whole demographic and then you switched it up and it no longer was relevant to them. So then, of course, there's going to be a transition period where, you know, you're not going to get as much engagement. And this is like a unique situation, right? But what I think is like when I say if something's not working, you know, don't do it or change it up or whatever it is, I just think that people expect things so fast, you know, and there's so much impatience in the world right now. And it's like, well, I've been posting every day for the last month and I I still don't have the engagement that I want. Keep going, right, and change it up. I know, um, you know, there was, a, there was a post that I shared the other day and I got so many shares. And when you get shares, you're being exposed to a new audience. People are going to come and follow you and that's how you build. But if your content isn't shareable, like, or if it's not of the quality of being shared, you're not going to leverage other people's audiences in your, fo- in your following. 
got you. So I, I didn't know this, Krista. So I, um, I've got a, quite a few followers and it's purely because I run a lot of Instagram ads, a lot of Facebook ads to, to my events, to my programs, to my courses. Okay. And so I've got all these people and, um, I never knew that like I get some of my posts get a lot of comments. Yeah. I did one with Donald Trump and it got like 250 <laughs> of course. Um, but, but so sharing is the most powerful. Oh, definitely. You know, every time that I run like a velocity business immersion, um, there are so many people that are just sharing throughout that time. Um, and a lot of my clients, like I work with a lot of influencers. Um, a lot of my clients are highly influential, have a huge social media following and just haven't been leveraging that following to make money. Um, so especially in those circumstances, if, if my name is being tagged everywhere while they're in one of my immersions, well, they're, you know, however many followers they've got is are going to come over and check me out. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that searching, searching hashtags is a little bit more of a slow process. You know, like I could go out there and search like hashtag business something or other, and I could like and comment those people's photos. But I think that the best way in any business is like word of mouth. And this is the power of sharing and being tagged in stories is because there is automatically trust because that person that doesn't know you does know this person or has followed this person for a while. They've seen you through them and then they're automatically going to have a level of trust with you as well, right? Yeah, yeah. third-party endorsements, the, 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 big, the big gun in the game. Yeah. What's, just, just give us one tip. How, how does, how, like, have you figured out like, what makes something shareable? It depends on the audience. I find what gets shared a lot for me is something that's really blunt, straight to the point, and usually has a swear word in it. <laughs> <laughs> sort your fucking life out. Yeah. Like I, I wrote a post the other day and it was, I hope your success offends the shit out of the people that don't want to see you win. I saw and that. I love it. It got shared everywhere. <laughs> and it's something so simple. You just don't know until you try. And I guess that, the way that I've figured out what my audience likes and what they want to see more of is by trying everything. Mm -hmm. You know, if I was just talking about the one topic all the time or creating the same quote card or doing the same thing um, without understanding the trends, and I can give you a tip on trends at the moment as well, but I couldn't expect there to be any difference. It's because I'm constantly, you know, trying new things and talking about different aspects of life, seeing what people, another thing that people love to see is like my relationship. You know, when I put up a, 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 a photo with my partner or even, you know, with my daughter as well, they love to see the transparency of my life, the fact that I am a mama and that I am a partner and that I'm normal. Um, I think that, yeah, people engage highly on that as well. So it's just a matter of trialing and testing. But what is trending right now? Um, and I gave this prediction probably about two months ago. It's still definitely, um, yeah, uh, people are still definitely loving it. But I think, more I, think you I think you told me this one when I came and visited you like a month or so ago. Yes. Yeah, 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 I would have. But really street grunge right? Like not perfectly put together. I think people are so over seeing the perfectly put together fucking Instagram, right? And I know mine can be some, like, like that sometimes. And I say to my team, I'm like, I am not perfectly put together and I don't want to represent that all the time. While I have a beautiful life and a, a great family and a beautiful home, like I don't want to be perceived as the perfectly put together person. 
Um, and, you know, so grabbing a post-it note and sticking it on a wall and writing a quote on it or grabbing your whiteboard and holding it in front of you or writing on your window or your mirror in lipstick, just really grunge street stuff. Um, you know, we even had a photo shoot yesterday and we grabbed some post-it notes and stuck it in the middle of the road and took a photo of it, you know, like just simplifying it. Um, and looking outside of the box, you know, like not just doing what everyone else is doing, change it up, get creative. And, you know, if, if you get creative and people don't like it, we'll try something else. Do you yeah. Have, yeah, well, I, I, I've, I don't know where you get the time to like, it's the creation. Maybe it's just the masculine in me is like one direction, one focus. And your feminine has got all this creation, creative energy going on. Um, do you have like an e-guide or, or a, or a, or a course or something where people can go through and learn these. I, I mean, yeah. Who would think of putting a post-it note in the middle of the road? I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of it in a million years. I would need to see it done first. Um, yeah. you need to write like, is there somewhere where it's just like, okay, do this on Mondays, do this on Tuesdays, do this on Wednesdays. And there are all these beautiful varied ideas. Yeah, well, I've actually got, I can even, I'll, I'll send it to you so you can post in the group, but I've got a content creation calendar that my team have created. And obviously it's targeted more towards business, but I think that it's really cool to make reference of like the way that we've set it out is like, okay, Monday, this is what we post. Tuesday is about tips and tricks. Thursday, uh, Wednesday is like a, a video Thursday is a, a repurposed something or other, but we've just set it out in like a content calendar so that you can like, or anyone can duplicate and just have a bit of a map of their week. Um, yeah, to go out there. But I find like bulk creation of content is the way to go. You know, like yesterday was photo shoot and it was planning for what content was going to be distributed while I'm on holidays for the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so it was all about the planning and me approving posts because I approve every post that goes on my social media. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that when we plan ahead of time, um, it makes it far more effortless rather than like doing a million things and rushing around trying to type a post and get creative because, mm -hmm. you know, our creativity comes through the white space. Mm -hmm. You know, our flow comes through creating that space to just be. Um, but when we're in rush and stress and overwhelm, there's no room to create. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Cool. And so, well, as far as that calendar goes, can you send it to either me or my assistant and we'll get it put with, if this okay. is YouTube, we'll get it put on YouTube, on Facebook, on everywhere. Awesome. Um, and I always say for anybody listening, for anyone watching, if you have questions for myself or for Krista, wherever there's a somewhere for you to write a comment, write a comment and we will personally respond. If it's me, it'll be me. If it'll, if it's Krista, it'll be Krista. And at the end, we'll, I want to share Chris. In fact, Krista, do it now. Where can people actually find you? Everywhere. Um, you can go to KristaTier.com, uh, Instagram, Krista underscore Tier, Facebook, Krista Tier, um, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, I am on YouTube, but that is being prioritized to be built um, over the next couple of weeks. Um, TikTok. Yes. And I'm always in my messenger. So, um, and always responding because as I said, like conversation and connection is what's going to, you know, really make your business successful. So it's yeah. always me replying. <laughs> yeah, because I think for, for a few, like a few years ago, it went through automation, 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 and people automated everything, but it lost the authenticity and the personal touch. And now it's swinging back around and people want you, they want that connection with you. And on the back end, 
your impact and your conversion rate and, and your business is growing and becoming more um, effective with yeah. you putting in the work? Oh, 100%. And I think that in even in, in all aspects of business, it's really prioritizing the time to do the things that are of high importance, right? So I've actually built my business model, number one, to still be a very present mother um, so that I do have time with my daughter. Um, number two, I've built it so that it is scalable. You know, I'm not just, and it's the reason I only take five one-on-one -on -one clients per year is because the model that I've created is scalable so that I still have time with my daughter, my partner, have a lifestyle, have the ability to go on holidays. Um, and then everything that doesn't require me. So what requires me is delivery. Like I am the brand. So when it's talking to clients, doing live videos, webinars, events, messages, it's me. So then I've outsourced everything else. So then when it comes to marketing, to sales, to my calendar and all of the logistics of life, um, my content, um, you know, filmmaking, I've outsourced and I have team on board for that. Mm -hmm. So that then I can just stay in my genius. But replying to messages is one of my priorities because I consider it delivery. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, that in itself, I think, is quite going to be very powerful for a lot of people. Yes. Um, a lot of people, and I had a, a guest on a few weeks ago as well, Sonia, and she said the same thing, outsource everything that's not your genius. Yeah. Including home life. Totally. <laughs> yes. And, and that's the thing. Like, it's so easy to get overwhelmed. Like, I do have a nanny and I do have a cleaner and all of my food is prepped. So, yes, I do outsource all of that as well. Um, but, you know, I can relate to a stage in my life where I thought that I had to do all of it. And I even judged myself, especially at the initial stages. I went, well, how the hell am I going to afford to outsource it? Like, that's just ridiculous. I'm flat out putting food on the table. But, you know, over time, obviously, that comes when you're willing to put in the work. Um, and I actually judged myself for a long time because I have never, I'm a creator. Like, give me a, a business and create a map and a vision and, you know, create the implementation and all of the pieces. I am in my genius. Like, creating the initial stages are, like, is what lights me up. Give me a calendar and bookwork and figures and I am just in like, okay, my head really hurts. And I judged myself because I felt like here I am creating all of this structure in so many aspects and yet I couldn't even manage my calendar. And I was like, hang on, Krista, no, you can't be good at everything. So, all right, if that's one thing that overwhelms you and takes you outside of your genius, outsource it. There's someone else that's an absolute beast at structuring and logistics and analytics and all of those pieces that can fill in those gaps for you. What you're really good at is the communication piece, the delivery, the creating the vision, the creating success in business. Just stick to it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Krista, I asked you, I think offline, maybe at the start, I was like, well, what apps do you use? Because apps are like, there, yeah. there are so many of them. Um, and what, what do you use? And then I'm going to ask you a specific for me question afterwards. So, so what apps do you use in general to make this whole machine uh, work? So Canva is literally my absolute favorite. And I think that there's so many people that I wouldn't use it as an app. I would more so use it on your desktop or your laptop. But there is so much that you can create on Canva. It is phenomenal. You know, you can do all of the removal of the backgrounds of photos and you've just got so many options and people just don't fully utilize the creativity that's on there. 
Um, so Canva is like my absolute go-to. Um, yeah, so that's, that's Canva Pro, right? To, to get the clear yeah. backgrounds. Yep. Yeah. And we create majority of my content on Canva. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you can go and, yeah, have a look. But um, also we use Adobe Spark Post, um, which is a great app. And you can get like automated text, you know, so like when you see in the Instagram stories, when the text appears, um, Adobe is really, really cool. And they've just got some great templates and really creative stuff on there as well. And that's an app, Adobe yes. Spark phone app. Yeah. Adobe Spark post. Yes. And can I'm just going to download these as you're speaking. Keep going. Do it. <laughs> um, there is a, an app that I use on my iPad. You can also get it on your iPhone called Procreate. Um, it is amazing because there is also another trend that's sort of happening now, and it's more like animation. Um, you know, you've probably even seen some of Gary Vee's posts. There's like drawings of him with the quote beside it. Um, Procreate, you can honestly create anything on this app. It, it, there is a cost. Um, same with Adobe. I think it's like a small subscription. I've got but Adobe Spark. I already actually have it but I don't know if there's a subscription or not. Maybe you could possibly have the free version, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, Procreate is just phenomenal. And I'm like an avid artist. Like I, I'm super arty farty. And I realized that I haven't really been prioritizing, you know, because I love what I do so much in my free time, I'm like working and I'm like, okay, Krista, you need to have a little bit of a hobby as well. <laughs> you know, as much as I love music and singing and dance and those things, I'm like, okay, what could I do? You know, if I just wanted to snuggle up in bed and procreate, I will just sit and draw for hours. Um, so that's pretty cool. Like you can outline photos. So you can put a photo on there. You can change the opacity on it and you can sort of outline the edge of it. So you're automatically getting a picture of you outlined, like sketched, super easy to use, but it's just another idea for something, um, different, something new. Yeah, something new. Um, what else do we use? There are, oh, there's HypeType, which is um, a great uh, app for um, automated text as well. Um, we use, I think they're probably the most, I'm just even having a look. Um, they're probably the most frequently used by us, Adobe, Canva, um, and the Procreate. What about um, the carousel things on Instagram? Is that a special app? All created on Canva. How do you make them line up? Because all you do is choose multiple. Oh. I'm... Okay, so when you go onto your Instagram app in Canva, you're just going to create an Instagram post yeah. and then you're just going to clone it and like change the details. Like, so clone it underneath. So you're automatically going to have as many that are going in the carousel post. Mm -hmm. And then you're changing the details and the information and the content on each one. You download as a, them as a PNG file and then you go onto Instagram to make a post and at the bottom of the photo screen, there is like these pages that like are sort of on top of each other. You click that and it enables you to choose multiple. So then you can choose number one is obviously the first one that's going to go up as the cover and then however many follow it and then it just comes up as a carousel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but... I'm yes. going to challenge you here. There are types of carousels where when you swipe, they are both, they look, they're like one picture that's been broken into two. Yes. Photoshop. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Photoshop. Gary does them all the time. It's not something that I've had a desire to play with, but you can do it all on Photoshop. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, so Krista, we've been pretty much going for an hour now, which is some amazing 
freaking amazing content for everybody that's here absorbing, watching and listening uh, live or, or going to watch the replay or, or hear the replay. How would you summarize what we've talked about today? I want in, in like three to five points of what people need to know to blow up their social media to get more uh, sales and impact. Let's, let's say that's the outcome, sales and impact from social media. Three to five things that people need to know or do. Firstly, build a personal brand because that's going to enable you to be seen as an authoritative figure in your industry. Um, secondly, have certainty and belief in your ability because I think without certainty and belief, we're not actually going to create what we desire. It's in the moments of like self-doubt when it isn't working, when shit gets real, when something fucks up that a lot of people just throw in the towel. But if we've got certainty and belief in what we're creating, we're going to be able to follow through amidst anything that is external from us. Mm -hmm. um, thirdly, show up all the time. Just show up and be present because you have some solution. And what you need to create is when someone has the problem that, you know, that you can solve and that comes to mind you're the first person that is at the front of their mind that they can reach out to right and this is this is showing up consistently um fourth is add an absolute shit ton of value like there are so many people out there that say well you know if you if you give it all away online then they won't come to you you know because you're giving it all away it's not true you're the entirety of the solution and the more value that you add is going to be a direct reflection of the sales that you make. Cool. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap this up? I, I obviously want to reiterate where people can find you. Um, but yeah. is there anything else you want to say whilst you have this platform to speak on? I just think um, for everyone, like obviously people have tuned in, you know, predominantly for the social media piece. And I think that what I see is very evident is that there is just so many people that are falling into the comparison, you know, and I think this is the biggest thing that inhibits us from, from, you know, transmuting our medicine and our message, whatever that looks like, you know, in our own unique way. It's because we're constantly held up in this comparison game, thinking that it's got to look a certain way. But I guess what I want to say is like, you've now got permission to just go and be all of you, all of you in your creativity and your desire in whatever your business looks like and whatever content you want to create, you just get to be that. So just go and do it. Yes. That's so powerful. Yeah. I know for a lot of my, my career, or if you want to call it that, it was like you compared to the people at the top, but, it would feel inauthentic and it would be like, uh, uh, and you know what? As soon as I gave myself permission to be me. So I'll just speak not for my sake, but it was always like Tony Robbins. He's the best coach. He's the best coach. And people yeah. say, Oh, you're going to be the next Tony Robbins. And then all of a sudden I tried to be that and I wasn't being me. And it went for like a year and I was like, who the fuck am I? Yeah. And it was just this comparison of that. And then as soon as it was like, just be you. And yeah. I had, it took a while to figure out like who that was, but just giving pretty much myself permission. My mantra was like, give less fucks. And so I just showed up and that, that, that I would say that is the point. You know, we talked about the snowball going over the top of the mountain. Yeah. I think for me that the last time that happened was then when I gave myself permission to be all of me. Yes. And, and like, you know what? Irrelevant 
of who we are and how we're showing up, we are going to be judged. Not everyone's going to like us. We're going to be criticized. So if that's going to be the case irrelevant of how you show up or who you are, why not make the process a little bit easier and at least just be yourself? And love yourself every minute of every day. Yeah. I can totally relate, brother, because I was there too. And it was like I had to look a certain way and I had to speak a certain way and I had to present a certain way and my content had to be designed a certain way. And I was like, this is so exhausting. Like, I just want to be me. Yeah. 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 That's, um, I think that's another... Fuck, there's been so much gold in here, Krista. So uh, I think I speak on behalf of everyone. I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. Pleasure. For those listening, watching, Krista Tia, spelled K-R-I-S-T-A-T-I-E-R. Yes, um, nailed it. Nailed it. Pretty much on all platforms. There's there's some underscore on Facebook, I think. Uh, no, 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 on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Krista underscore Tia. So reach out to her. She is a gun when it comes to obviously destroying social media for business growth, making sales. But not only that, um, I know Chris as a friend, an incredible business coach, very soulful. You might not see that on the outside as much, but when you know her on the inside, a lot of uh, wisdom resides within the cells in her body that she can share with you. So Krista, once again, thank you so much for being here and sharing with my community. Oh, thank you so much, brother. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for you. <laughs> we'll catch you soon. <laughs>